Hi, I'm Janet Shield Scott, and you're listening to JanetFitBeautyStyle.com, a lifestyle talk guide with expert advice on beauty, fashion, wellness, real estate, entertainment, and fun celebrity secrets. Thanks for turning me on. I'm glad you tuned in. I'm your host, Janet Shield Scott, and uh, today we have actually a recorded piece that I did. I was invited by the Television Academy uh, as an audience guest member, along with several other people, and we were allowed to record the conversation with Tyler Perry. It was called Conversations with Tyler Perry. The conversations last interview was done by Tamron Hall, TV host and journalist. The conversation was inspiring, it was uplifting, and I'm sure that you will find something that will help you along your path and your journey. Let's take a listen. Oh, but before we do that, let's go to our inspiring quotes for today. The first quote is from Instagram. It's with um, Faye Thompson, Arthur Faye Thompson, and she says, Sometimes it's more important to understand than to be understood. The next one is also from Instagram. This is from organizer Janet, Janet M. Taylor. Small daily improvements are the key to staggering long-term results. Thank you, Janet M. Taylor. And also thanks to Faye Thompson. For more inspiring quotes, log on to my Facebook page or my Instagram page, Janet Shield Scott or JanetFitBeautyStyle.com. As promised, a conversation with Tyler Perry. Interview done by television host Tamarin Hall. Let's listen as Tyler Perry talks about his humble beginnings, courtesy of the Television Academy. I have to attribute my mother for this because growing up, you know, we didn't have much of anything. But we had a Cadillac. We were poor with a Cadillac. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Welcome to be black and black. Black. No money in the bank, but I got a Cadillac out front. But she didn't have some great legacy. She didn't have millions of dollars to give me, but she taught me about Jesus and faith. And that's where I think my, my base started for everything in faith believing. I had an a, a, a uncle who was a pastor, and he'd stand up screaming and spitting across the pulpit. Everybody's there just listening to it. And my mother would be so emotional and moved by it. So I wanted to know this God that moved her. Because there was so much hell in the house. When we got to church, she was happy. So I wanted to know this God that, that moved her. And I think that that is where my roots started in faith and believing. And he said one day that if you pray, God will answer your prayer. Well, I was a little boy. And I believed that, like my son does now, it's so crazy when I call, he thinks I'm in the telephone. <laughs> so, so as a little boy, I believed that the people on television were actually people that were six or eight inches inside of the television. You know those big floor models? You're too young to remember. Oh, no, 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 big no, no. So I, I wanted some little people out of the television to take care of when I was a kid. So I prayed. I said, God, bless me with some of these little people. I'm a young kid. Give me some of these people from the television. And my uncle's preaching about faith and that you can make it happen and you can, it's, it's going to happen for you if you believe and you ask God to do it. I come home one day and God answered that prayer for me. I know this sounds really strange. The neighbor across the street was moving away and she had two parakeets that, that she had in a bamboo house with four stories. And they spoke. So I thought God had answered my prayer as a little boy. 
I had two little people to take care of that spoke to me. So faith for me started a long, long time ago. Long time ago. That's incredible. So you talked about your abuse and you've been very open about the hell in your house. What was it like in your home? And more relevant, how did that hell turn into ultimately what to many people seems like a heaven on earth, which is your life now? Yeah, heaven on earth. I said to something. It's a lot of work. But, it's a lot of work. But, but you know, I believe that all things work together for you. Everything, everything, and you know the Bible says that. I'm sorry for those of you who, who don't want to talk about God. You can leave now because I'm gonna keep The Bible says all, all things work together for your good, and I, I, tr I truly believe that. And it's very difficult for a lot of people to believe because some things are so horrible and so dark. And I went through so many. Um, things that I thought were awful and I, I, I didn't understand why. But I can tell you, sitting here in this chair, that everything I endured, everything I went through, formed the man that I am, formed the career that I have, formed the life that I live. It was all of the um, um, building blocks for me to be the person that I am. And, I'm, and, and I can honestly say, I'm grateful for that experience. Had I not had that experience, then I wouldn't be the person that I am. I think where people get lost, that's when they get bogged down in the pain. They get so angry and they get so hurt and so frustrated and so full of rage that they can't get past it. They can't get to forgiveness. And what happens is you end up stuck, not understanding why all the tragedy happened. So when you find a way to use it and take the power out of it, and out of the negativity and harness it into the positivity, uh, in your life, it really changes everything. Give me an example of one of those negative moments that you today see very clearly as a positive stepping stone. Well, well, for me, just the way my father treated my mother, watching that as a little boy, and, and I don't know how this is for, for girl children, but for a man child watching his mother be beaten and abused, and he can't do anything, you feel powerless, you feel so helpless, and, and it, it really starts to uh, tear away at the fabric of the little boy who will once become, who will soon become a man. So I think watching that informed everything I was writing for years. It informed all of uh, my people wonder how I can write so well for women. I'm always for the first. I go back and look at some of the movies. I was talking to my mother. I was I was I was writing things about. Her seeing, wanting to see her happy, wanted to see her with a man that treated her well and supported her, and, and and wanted to see her just finally in a place where that she deserved to be. You know, the, the people around me were so rich. You know, my, my great grandfather, my mother's father, who had a, a, a juke joint. You know, then a razor in his back pocket. You know, those people were so rich that they. Mm -hmm. My aunt who shot at her husband every weekend. <laughs> But, but there was so much joy and laughter and, and happiness around all the hell that I was going through that these people were really lo loving to each other, you know, outside of my father, but there was so much wisdom around. So it was there so far. So you have this very different childhood, even, I think, by any standard. Not a lot of aunts have shot the uncle and, and still... Well, my, uh, I take you, it back, yes. on, <laughs> if, if we're all honest. If the black people start really talking, <laughs> <laughs> in style, they might be able to witness That's some of this stuff. Very yeah. true, very true. Yeah. But at some point, you start creating, yeah. and you write a play. 
from when I started writing and doing these shows, I didn't ask anybody to help. I didn't ask for any investors. I went to work. I worked as a bill collector. I worked as a, as a uh, used car salesman at Troncali Mitsubishi. I uh, worked at Stone Mountain Toyota. I was saving money everywhere I could. I did some funny stuff on my H&R Block tax return. And got <laughs> hey, I got that $2,000. I was scaring people I didn't even know. And, uh, and, and, and I took that money and I rented the 14th Street Playhouse, which is affiliated with this, this place, and right across the street. And I went down to the theater and I, and I put the show up and I hired actors and I'm thinking, this is it. I got all these people coming. I'm going to make all my money back. I'm going to put all my money in the rent payment. I had a, a rent apartment out in College Park. If I couldn't pay the rent, it's going to be okay. They'll let me slide for 30 days. And if they didn't, then I was going to go down to the court and file it. And then get a, when you file, when they file the rent of eviction, I shouldn't be telling you this, but I know how to do it. <laughs> You go down to the Fulton County Courthouse, you show up, then you give you an extra 30 days. So I had 60 days. Oh, I had it all worked out. I had it all worked out. So, then you send a check in for your light bill or whatever, and you forget to sign. Oh, I forgot to sign. Oh, we have so much in but but I but I put I put the show up. I thought 1,200 people. I counted every seat. I thought it was sold. Me being the idiot I am, I didn't realize, you know, my early 20s that it's the Fourth of July weekend and ain't nobody in town. Uh -huh. And I thought 1,200 people would show up in 30 days. 30 people. 30 people showed up, yeah. Wow. And I knew every one of them. You hustled. <laughs> <laughs> and they got free tickets. And, and, right, they were all comp tickets. Right. So you hustled to death. You got this yeah. together and there are 30 people yeah. in the audience. Yeah. Do you say, I'm done? No, because there was something <laughs> in me that said, this is the path. Mm -hmm. This is the path. And, and to anybody, when you feel that, this is the path, stay on it. Stay on hunt it down like a rabid dog. Do not <laughs> let that There are a lot of people who leave their dreams on the floor asking mm. prayer because they can't figure out because one thing went wrong. Well, one thing goes wrong, try it again. Mm -hmm. Then try it again and try it again. That show from 1992 when I wrote it until 1998, I did one show a year, had many, many jobs, and every time I put the show up, nobody would show up from 92 to 98. Wow. Yeah. So essentially the show is there dying. You're resuscitating it each time. Yeah. People may not realize you were sleeping in your car. Yeah. There were days that you were Hey, by the week hotel on Beaver Highway. Yeah. Hey, by the week yeah. hotel, you were struggling and you're trying to resuscitate it. Yeah. And the heartbeat starts coming. Yeah. And suddenly there's a sign of life. That came for me because it was about adult survivors of child abuse who had forgiven their abusers. This is what's so powerful about this. And I hadn't forgiven my father. So here I am with this, this story that's touching people's lives. But the very person that it came from, it hasn't landed yet. Mm -hmm. Once it did, I, I got it. He and I had a horrible argument. Because I did something I was supposed to. What? Another one of those shady things. <laughs> we had the same name, and he had signed, co signed for my sister to get a car, and he wouldn't co sign for me. So I went over to the dealership. I'm telling everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was 20. Right. I went to the dealership and said, oh yeah, just fill out some papers to New Orleans. I got my car, drove to New Orleans, signed the papers, and FedEx it back. So, yeah, so he had a right to be mad. But 
Hush your mouth, don't judge me. But, but, but in the course of but in the course of that argument, I I heard so much rage come out of me that I didn't know, know I was holding on to. And I was able to say everything I wanted to and say I forgive you. And that was the shift in my own life that changed everything else that happened in my career. I started selling out shows. We went from the we played the Tabernacle, 1998, March 12th. I'll never forget the coldest night, and I'm sitting there and I'm complaining because I had so much failure. Mm. I was expecting, you have to be careful when you get used to failure. Mm. Because you'll start to attract it. Mm. And I had had so much failure over all those years. There I was at the port, at the uh, the Tabernacle. When the, a friend of mine said, come on, we're going to do this play here. I walk in and I, I had a fit because it was once a church and I felt like they had put voodoo all over. I'm from New Orleans. I know voodoo. They're turning into the House of Blues. I'm like, this is voodoo. I am not, I'm not performing in this prison. And I'm just complaining and I'm missing what's happening. I go back in to uh, the next week to see if we're going to do the show. And the House of Blues had pulled out. They'd taken everything out of it. And it was just an empty church. So I do the show, coldest night in Atlanta, the heat goes out of the building. And I'm sitting there, I've told this story so many times, I feel like you've heard it. Mm -hmm. I, I'm sitting there in, in the dressing room, I'm playing Old Man Joe at the time, and I am just mad. I'm so mad, and I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm praying, God, you always bring me out here, you never, never see me through, and, and I hear this voice say, get up, shut up and get up. I go and I look out the window, there's a line around the corner trying to get mm -hmm. This is after the so from there we go down the street to the Fox Theater, sold out two shows there, and every promoter that had turned me down came with an offer to a national promoter. Wow. So then we started traveling the country, and we started, I, I still hold the box office record at the Kodak in LA, yeah. and the Beacon, yeah. and the Fox Theater, and just, it's just been amazing. You know, a lot of people are called, mm -hmm. but then there are people who are chosen to do greater things, yes. and and that chosen kind of feeling is is going to pull you higher. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to pull you higher than just what the calling is. Yes. And for me, I found myself in a lot of positions that no one had been in before in the industry, and I started to challenge myself, thinking, well, okay, well, managers, agents, lawyers, they say that you can't do that. That's not how it's done. I said, I don't care. This is the way I want to do it. You employ hundreds mm -hmm. of people. Yeah. People who may never have been given a shot, who could have sold their cars yeah. and all these things and taken out to Hollywood, but simply because they didn't think the packaging wouldn't be let in. Did right. you specifically go in to the studio with the mindset, I'm going to show Hollywood? No, no, it's never about that. For me, it's about this is my path. Mm -hmm. This is what I am supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. This is my journey. Whoever who likes it, who doesn't get it, this is the path that I am supposed to be on. So I want to honor that. When I die, I want to be in that bed going, okay, I did it all. I did everything I set out to do. Because there's so many people, in deathbed, I, know, I read a lot of deathbed confessions in the Bible. And if you ask people who are in, in hospice and old homes what their regrets were, there's a lot of times where they say, I didn't do all that I wanted to do. And I don't want that feeling. Right. I, don't, I don't want to be in a situation where I have regrets where I should have done this or I should have done that. I'm going to leave it all on the table. I'm going to, I'm going to lay it all out there to make sure that when I get to the end of this life, I go down smiling. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What's the number one piece of advice that you can give me to get in the door? What is it? Somebody who wants to get into the business so seriously, 
It's what is what is your talent? What do you bring? How how unique is it? How special is it? And if you know that and you have that and you know it for sure, it goes back to what I was talking about earlier. When you know it, mm. don't let anything stop you. Yeah. Don't let anything stop you. I don't care how many no's, how many people say no, it's not gonna happen. All you need is one yes from God and everything's gonna happen. So what was the pitch to you and why did you answer the call to join on? I had two, I had two paths. I had, I was working on a deal for my own network and we were in negotiations when this conversation came up and it's like, listen, Tyler, you need to take a look at cable and see how much trouble it's in. A lot of people are cord, cord cutting, which means people are tired of paying the high premiums. You got 800 channels and you're watching six. And, and, and also, you know, Netflix and all those things are becoming so competitive. They're like, before you go down the path of having your own, if you don't have a big giant behind you, it's going to be very difficult. So that big giant was Discovery, and the one that I was looking at didn't have that. And the other big giant is Oprah. So to have both of those and team up together, I thought, that's a better move. And, and it has been. It has been. So did you go to them with the show ideas, or were these shows that are ideas that were sitting on the shelf? Studio. These were all the shows I was going to bring. I would bring to my own channel. Really? Yeah, I was going to bring to bring to my own channel. Just ideas that I had. I had done a play called The Have and Have Nots, which is nothing like the show, but but the title I thought this is an interesting dynamic. <laughs> and my mother worked her most of my childhood as a at the Jewish Community Center taking care of young kids, and to see the difference between the way that a lot of those kids lived and how wealthy they were and the way we lived, I just thought it'd be an interesting story to tell. And and that's where Have Have Not So Born. I bring, I bring it to Oprah, I send her the scripts, and she's going, uh, yeah. uh, there's a lot going on in this show. Uh, okay. It's going to work. Does she like that impersonation? Uh, <laughs> I, I swear to you, she doesn't just like that, uh. You ask her, you ask her something that she doesn't know the answer, she's not ready to talk about, she goes, uh. <laughs> so she, Next time you see uh, <laughs> yeah. So you've got this script, Oprah's saying, uh, yeah. and... I, I had to assure her that I know the audience. They're going to show up, and it's going to work. And that show started with over a million seven viewers, I think, and now it's double that. I looked at uh, some, some numbers the other day, and it's second to The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. and just said you knew the audience, and that's been the secret sauce of everything you've done, in addition to faith, of course, being the number one thing. But faith, and you have to release ego. Ego is ego. Is it can shut down everything in your life. Well, I have been, and I have been in this company for five, and I deserve to have hush your mouth because sometimes God is doing something else. You're fighting and struggling to stay in a position that you're not even supposed to be in. Just, sometimes you step back and go, wait a minute, let me just wait this out. In your wisdom and your words that you offer, do you fully grasp how much it means to us? I here's what I here's what I believe. There's a great line of song that says we may never know all the people that we mm -hmm. touch. We never, may never know all the lives that we touch. But God, there's a record that you do keep. And one day we'll receive a reward for all the lives that we touch. So that's how I try to live my life. I don't know everybody that's been touched. I don't know every story. I don't know how many people.
people have been lifted in the currents, but I know for sure that it's happening, and that makes me get up and go every day. That makes me feel great knowing that today I'm going to touch somebody else, and the next day I'm going to touch somebody else, and they're going to completely be moved to a better place. Mm -hmm. That inspires me every day. Ladies and gentlemen, Tyler. Thank you. You've been listening to a Janet Shield Scott podcast. I'm your host, Janet Shield Scott. You've been listening to the best talk guide with beauty, fashion, real estate, wellness, entertainment, and fun celebrity secrets. For more fun and informative lifestyle information, you can log on to the website, JanetFitBeautyStyle.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, oh, and YouTube. And don't forget to share, like, follow, and you can even be a patron of a Janet Shield Scott podcast. Remember to love, laugh, and live your life with style. As we end this, let's take a moment to relax. Take a deep breath, inhale, and exhale. Again, inhale. And exhale. Again, inhale. And exhale. As you go throughout the day, stop, take a pause, chill, and relax. Please keep in mind that all things which are impossible with man are possible with God. <laughs>